Well, here's the question. It's Easter morning. And the question is, do you feel free today? I mean, you may feel good, but are you free this morning? I mean, that's what Easter is all about, you know. It's about freedom. (laughs) Just right there. And today we're going to talk about how we can be free and how we can stay free. How we can be free and how we can stay free so that we can experience a life of freedom. Um, I think back, uh, this is uh, many years ago now, but when I was first in sales long ago, I was in a job where it was mostly commission. And that meant, uh, for me, making sales was pretty crucial. And I experienced uh, something that a lot of you who've been in sales experienced. I had a drought. Now, in baseball, it wasn't such a big deal when I'd have a drought. I mean, I was frustrated. But um, there were no bills involved. And so um, I was having a drought. And I was getting, you know, there were some small sales that were coming in. But it was the bigger sales that I was waiting on that actually paid the bills. And so my expenses, I mean, they started piling up on my credit card. Now, I was single at the time. I didn't have significant responsibilities. And my credit card balance grew to about 2500 bucks, which most of us are like, what's the big deal? But it was a big deal to me then because I didn't have really anything in savings. And I was getting a bit stressed, similar to this guy. I'm a little stressed right now. Just turn around and leave quietly and no one gets hurt. <laughs> I was worried. And finally, I got a call. One of the bigger deals I was working on was coming through. And I got paid a commission of about 5000 bucks, which was huge for me. I was able to pay off my credit card debt. I had some other bills to take care of. I gave some money to the church, and I had some extra for the next month. Guess how I felt? I felt so free. Now, I don't dance, but I was ready to throw down at that moment. It was an incredible feeling because I was liberated from all the stress and the concern I had about how I would pay my bills. But here's the problem. I didn't stay free. Within a couple of months, the same feelings started to come back, and some of the same stresses returned with a vengeance. So as you think about your life this morning, how about you? What are the things that are keeping you from being free? Some of the things that are stealing your freedom. I mean, is it a, a debt or is it a, you know, a constant concern about debt? Are you stuck in a difficult relationship or relationships? Have you been hurt or betrayed by somebody? Are you beating yourself up because you keep making the same mistakes over and over again? Do you feel trapped by some decisions that you've made? Or maybe does religion make you feel less than? Like you can never quite do enough. You see, there's long lists of these kinds of things, these things that can prevent us from experiencing freedom. And yet, Jesus came into our world to give us what? He came to give us freedom, lasting freedom. I mean, Easter is about the eternal freedom that he brought into the world. 
But just as importantly, he came to give us freedom that's available today as we live by faith. And this freedom is designed to influence the way that we approach each moment, each day, as we grow in our relationship with God. Well, here's what Jesus said about it. He said lots of things about it, but here's what he said. He said, if you believe in me, if you follow my teaching and way of life, you are truly my disciples. Then you will know, listen to this, then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. So what's the truth that leads to freedom? I mean, what must we know and believe to be free? Well, Stephen last week did a great job talking about Jesus' crucifixion, his death on a cross. And, you know, we say the, the why question, why did Jesus do this? Well, he did it to take the full weight of human sin, your sin and mistakes and mine, to take it upon himself. Now, this is a really big deal because Jesus took all of it, not just some of it, not a part of it, not a little bit of it. He took all of it. Can you say that with me this morning? All of it. Okay, now together. All of it. Past, present, future mistakes and sins. He took it all. He died in our place and he paid our debt so that we could be free. And so through faith, as we respond in faith, as we believe, we're forgiven. Our debt is paid in full. And as we think about resurrection, the empty tomb this morning, resurrection is the proof that it's a done deal, that Jesus was who he said he was. He was God. He was the only one who could do this for us, and that his resurrection means, this is what it means for us, that death does not have power over us anymore. I mean, death is the consequence of sin, and the resurrection is the demonstration of God's power over death and sin. Now check this out from the the book of Acts. This is the early church talking about what Jesus had just done, his death and resurrection and significance. And here's uh, what we hear. Fellow Israelites, listen to this. Jesus of Nazareth was a man accredited by God to you by miracles, wonders, and signs, which God did among you through him, as you yourselves know. He's talking to a Jewish audience. This man was handed over to you by God's deliberate plan and foreknowledge, and you, with the help of wicked men, the Romans, put him to death by nailing him to the cross. But God raised him from the dead, freeing him from the agony of death because it was impossible for death to keep its hold on him. Wow. I mean, these words highlight God's plan from long ago that Jesus would come into our world to liberate us from our bondage to sin and our obsession with ourselves. I mean, John in, in chap, John chapter 3, that's why he said, So God, God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, so that everyone who believes won't perish, but will have everlasting eternal life. 
You see, when Jesus tells us that the truth is going to set us free, he means that when we believe, when we trust him, that our sin is completely paid for. And that means that we are completely free. Nothing else has to be done. We've been released from bondage. And resurrection is the proof of that and the guarantee of our future. There's an old story about Abraham Lincoln. And Abraham Lincoln, we've heard lots of things about him and the quality of his life, the integrity of his life. Well, on one particular day, he showed up at a slave auction. And there was a young woman that was offered on the auction block, and Lincoln stepped forward, and he paid for her. And as they were walking away together, Jesus, or, uh, uh, Lincoln told her, just like Jesus, he, he told her, you're free to go. You don't have to follow me. And the girl, I mean, she didn't know what to do. She didn't know how to process this. She's like, what's, what's the catch? And Lincoln said, there's no catch. You're free to go. And she was stunned. She stood there in disbelief, saying, are you serious? And he said, yes. And then she said this, then I choose to follow you because any man who offers me freedom is the man I want to follow. That's why we're here this morning. That's what the resurrected Jesus is inviting us into today. He paid for us and he invites us to be free, to follow him, receive his grace, his forgiveness, and the freedom that he desires us to have. And it's an amazing thing. And so some of us, uh, you may be thinking about faith for the first time and taking that step of faith, putting your trust in Jesus. And I just want to invite you again to next week, baptism. And baptism is a time where we publicly receive that, we accept it, and we declare it to the world around us. So love to talk to you about that after service, but please join us next week. But here's the thing. Okay, that's freedom. And it's, it's a, you know, something that's offered to every one of us as we receive Christ. But it is hard to stay free. I mean, the brokenness and burdens of our world steal and try to take our freedom on a daily basis. And we can find ourselves falling back into bondage or just stuck in bondage. So what are some of the traps, the things that keep us that prevent us from being free. Well, religion can do this. And in fact, religious people can keep us from being free. Now, um, just this, this past week, I ran into a friend at the gym. And most of my friends at the gym, I mean, they're, I, I would hardly call them religious. Uh, they, they would for certainly say, oh, I'm not a religious person. But there, I have one guy that I know, and he is very religious. And occasionally he'll ask me a question, knowing I'm a pastor, um, he'll ask me a question about something that he's been reading with his group in the scripture. And, uh, and so he said, hey, in Mark chapter 16, in the gospel of Mark, he started to lay it out. He said, this is what Jesus said. And he was asking me what I thought about, but I could tell it was, it was kind of a trap because, you know, he had an expectation of me. And, uh, and so he said, you know, so Jesus said this and he's like, have you received that? Are you doing that? He was talking about, I'm not going to get into it, but he's talking about this special 
secondary blessing or a baptism of the Holy Spirit, the second experience of the Holy Spirit. And I said, well, I, you know, I don't read the text that way, but you know, that's, that's fine that you do. And he kept pressing and he pressed and finally kept saying, you need to get this. You need to ask for it because what he was saying to me is that I'm less than and something's missing because I don't have it. And I, I, I want more of God and I believe that that's what you want as well. But this was not something required. And I started getting angry as I thought about it because I don't like when religious people put stuff on me. And I don't think you like it either. Religion can do that. And we also have to look at ourselves because we can fall into this trap of religion ourselves. And religion really is, um, it's just a, a commitment to our own performance, kind of earning things or doing things better than everybody else. And we become concerned with our own worthiness, our own perfection, our own behavior, right? And when we do that, we end up living in bondage because Jesus died for us. That's where our freedom is. He did it all. We don't add anything to it. And what happens to us when we become religious or kind of concerned with, oh, these religious things, we become afraid judgmental. And often, most of our time is focused on our own or other people's behaviors. Um, it's such an easy trap. And we can fall into it. And, and, I, and I mean, just a basic thing, like with my kids, I can fall into it with my kids. Now, we all, if you have kids, or if you're looking at somebody else's kids, what do you want? You want them to have good behavior, don't you? All right? We, we all believe that that's a good thing. But you can't just focus on the behavior. Now, we had a, a great uh, little, um, I don't know what you call it, kind of fishbowl experiment. On spring break, we drove to Orlando, our family did. So we were in a vehicle for 36 hours, 18 hours there, 18 hours back. All right. There were a few teachable moments along the way. I mean, it's all six of us packed into that car, and there's a lot of time for chaos and correction. It usually happens within seconds when everybody gets in the vehicle and starts pushing and shoving all the checking and correcting that was going on. And you have to correct. I mean, that's, that's part of how we all grow. But it's so easy to fall into, it's only about performance. It's only about your behavior. And that's the message that gets conveyed to your kids. And then all of a sudden you get frustrated and you throw down a statement like this. You say, I have never said anything like this, but you end up saying, how do you think God feels about that? <laughs> or maybe, how do you think God feels about that? Ah, guilt. It's such an awesome motivator, right? I mean, guilt is, so, no, guilt steals our freedom. Now, Steve Brown, he was my communications professor way back when I was in theology school, and he's written a lot of books. And his thing, his big thing is grace. It's all about grace. It's the only place we're going to find freedom. All the religious stuff gets in the way. It prevents us from experiencing it. And here's one of the things he said in his book, Scandalous Freedom. He said, perfectionism will make you sour, mean, and judgmental, and it will rob you of the freedom Jesus died to give you. Just take that in for a moment. He died to give us freedom. He doesn't want us to be bond in bondage. He wants us to be liberated. So what does that mean for us as we struggle with the whole religious type 
behavior or perfectionism. I think the thing that God wants from us, that Jesus expects of us, is to be open and honest, just to be free, that we have struggles, that we make mistakes. And on our trip to Orlando and back, I made a few mistakes. And I know you can relate. So let's do something real quick. Don't be embarrassed by this, but you can go ahead and say to the person next to you, um, you're not perfect. Now, if the husbands and wives, you know, you're going to, you smile. This is, this is a good one for you. Just go ahead and tell your neighbor, you're not perfect. It's pretty fun, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Wow, you're getting carried away with this. All right, we got to move on to what's next. <clears throat> now I want you to say to yourself, I'm not perfect. I'm not perfect. You know what? God is perfectly fine with that because Jesus is perfect. We're not. And that's exactly why he died for us. All right. Here's another one. Here's another trap that prevents us from experiencing freedom. Unforgiveness. You see, Jesus came to forgive us. Now the room got quiet, right? We must do the same with other people if we want to be free and stay free. Because God's forgiveness is what makes us free. It's incredible news, yet our forgiveness of others enables us to stay free. Now, some of us, we struggle big time with this because we live with what? People, right? We have relationships with people, difficult people, and we've been hurt, we've been betrayed, all kinds of different things. And we hold on to grudges and we hold on to hurts. But the thing is, when we do that, we end up living in bondage. Now, the Greek word for forgive means to send off, to let go of. And you know what that means? When we forgive, we can't hold on to it any longer. We've got to let it go. I remember a time, uh, you know, years ago when I, uh, lent, I lent a friend some money. And we, we've, all, we've all done this kind of thing. I lent some money, and, and he's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to pay you back, and here's what I'm going to pay you back. And uh, a few days went on, a couple weeks went on, nothing. And so, of course, I had another conversation with him. He said, yeah, I'm going to pay you back. And this is before I learned the lesson. If you ever, give, uh, if you ever loan somebody some money, uh, just think of it as a gift. You're not getting it back. It makes it so much easier. I hadn't learned that yet. So I started getting frustrated. He started avoiding me. I was getting angry. And it's fun to vent about this kind of stuff. But that anger was, I was stuck in it. And it wasn't healthy for me. And there are studies on uh, lack of forgiveness. There are studies out there where um, you see the effects on people over time. It affects their health. It affects their relationships. They're unhappy Um, it it just, you know, it kind of leads one thing to another. And so at a certain point, I remember this, a certain point I was praying about it and I was frustrated and God woke me up to it. It's like, just, oh, I got it. He said, Dave, let it go. It doesn't matter. Forgive it, forget about it, send it off, let it go. And you know what? Freedom 
came again. Forgiveness is a huge deal, and it's hard, but it's where freedom lives. And here's uh, another quote from Steve Brown. He said this, um, Forgiveness is at the very heart of the Christian faith. It's not about getting better, becoming more religious, or following the rules so that God will love you. It's about forgiveness, dummy. Now, you got to know Steve. This is how he says it. Don't be offended. Well, you can be offended by Steve, but not by me. So it's about forgiveness. Everything else is secondary. So we've got to learn a pattern of forgiveness if we want to be free. Now, another one, another thing that prevents us is control. This is another barrier to our freedom. And I won't spend a whole lot of time on this one. Because think about it. We try to control our lives. We love to control our lives, our, our work, our relationships, our kids. But you know what? Often what we don't realize is that there are things that control us, right? Even as we try to control things, we find out there are other things, factors that are controlling us. And I'm just going to give you one, our smart technology. Yes, our cell phones control us. Have you noticed how attached you are to your cell phone? I mean, I, we hold it tightly, don't we? I mean, it's in your, if it's in your pocket, you've already thought, oh, is that a phantom vibration? Is somebody trying to get a hold of me? Is something important happening that I'm missing out on? I mean, <laughs> have you been in the bathroom, in a public restroom, and you're, you know, washing your hands, and then all of a sudden you hear somebody in the stall answer the phone? And it's like, come on, man. Can't you just give it a break? I wonder how many people drop their phone. In, well, never mind. So, yeah, I was, you know, I was being all judgy about this when it, when it happens. And a couple weeks ago, I was running to HEB. It was early in the morning. I had to pick up some stuff, you know, for breakfast or whatever. And I had my phone in my hand. And so I'm like, oh, I want to run. Uh, I want to run into the bathroom and wash my hands. And so I go into the bathroom. I got my phone here, uh, you know, put it in my pocket. I'm looking in the mirror, starting to wash my hands. And I look over, and there's this elderly woman standing next to me. And I'm thinking, what is she doing in the men's bathroom? And, and then it hit me. I'm in the wrong bathroom. <laughs> I just had to confess it because I didn't want this story to come out. Pastor. Yeah. Um, our technology can steal our freedom. It can control us. And you know that this is true. Our phones, our Kindles, our iPads, we're attached to them all the time. And maybe, maybe today one practical thing you can do is just to set it aside. Just set it aside for the set. Send out your Easter texts and greetings and all that kind of stuff and then set it aside. And maybe God's spirit will speak some life and freedom into you. Last week I had a group of guys and we were, uh, there were a few of us that were kind of doing this uh, intentional uh, period of time where we were really focused in on, you know, Jesus and his last hours and that sort of thing. And so I, I set my phone aside during most of that time, and it really was freeing. And here's what we read in the scripture that where the Spirit of the Lord is, when we open ourselves to the Spirit of God, when we do that, there's freedom. And maybe for a few moments today, for a few hours, you can say, hey, I'm I'm giving control of my life. I'm giving control of all this stuff over to you, and I'm going to set my device aside. 
Okay, staying free, it's, it's a choice that we all have to make. I mean, we have to make a commitment to stay free. I mean, being free is an incredible gift from God, but we have a part to play in staying free. We've got to grab a hold of it. But here's one last thing I want to tell you, and I'm going to close. There are times in our lives where um, we can't do what it takes to stay free on our own. We need help. Now, why is that? It's because we live in a broken world. We all struggle, and sometimes we fail, and sometimes our bodies fail because our world is full of suffering and challenge, and that's the world that we live in. And um, every year for me at Easter, it's, it's a really, I love Easter, of course, but it's a cool time because my mom and stepdad, Bill, are in town with us here in San Antonio. They, you know, for the last so many years, they've come down in March. Uh, they stay through Easter. Uh, they're fleeing the cold up north. Um, but this, uh, and, you know, it's, it's great to look, look out there and see their faces. But this year, they're not here. About six weeks ago, um, my stepdad, Bill, uh, had experienced some dizziness, wasn't feeling good. My mom called 911, rushed him to the hospital. In the process of going to the hospital, he was starting to have a stroke, and his uh, you know, body was beginning to uh, experience that, and they were able to uh, stabilize him. Um, but through tests, they found out that he had a brain tumor, and they had to do immediate brain surgery. They removed the tumor, and the surgery went really well. Um, but then 36 hours after the surgery, I mean, the next day he was laughing and joking, but 36 after, 36 hours after the surgery, he had a hemorrhage in that surgery location and he almost died. And since that point, he's been laying in the hospital. His brain and his, his body are broken. And of course we, we pray daily that there's going to be some level of recovery. And there may be. We just don't know. His progress is extremely slow. There's cancer in his brain that's it's going to come back. And in the midst of all that, as, as we, you know, my mom sits there, she's by his side every day. Um, I remember that, you know what, Bill... For this moment, for this time, it seems like his freedom's gone. He, he can't speak, and he's, he's conscious, he's aware of things, but he can't do all the things that he's accustomed to doing. And Bill loved Easter. He was a man of faith, and he was so, he's, he's been so encouraging in my life. And yet there he sits, and it seems like in this moment, he doesn't have freedom. But you know what? He's got it because freedom lives with him. And whether he recovers to some extent or doesn't recover and goes home to be with God, that freedom is right around the corner. Full freedom that's available to all of us. And here's how Paul talked about it in Romans. He said this. He said, no, despite all these things, and he's talking about the sufferings that we experience in life. He says, despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loves us. 
And I'm convinced that nothing can separate us from God's love, neither death nor life, neither angels or demons, neither fears for today or our worries about tomorrow, not even the powers of hell can separate us from the love of God, the freedom of God that is ours in Christ. Amen. And for my stepdad, Bill, this morning, as I pray for him and with him um, and for you, I want you to know that freedom is here in the risen Christ this morning. And it's yours for the taking. So I ask you this morning, please receive it, grab it, enjoy it, and live in it as you worship today. Please pray with me. Lord, we're grateful for this morning. It's Easter morning and There's so many things in our minds and hearts. And I just ask that this one reality, this truth that sets us free is that, Jesus, you've done it all for us. You've called us to live by faith and to respond and to experience your joy and freedom. In a world that's broken, in a world where we have problems that we're facing right now and things that we don't know how we'll deal with tomorrow, your freedom is ours today. May we grab it and take it. In Jesus' name we pray.